The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Mitchell's front page for Monday Sports Panel. Peter is in the studio. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Very well, thank you, Mitchell. And uh, Bucket, we hope, will join us. Just can't seem to get through to him at the moment. He might be on the phone to someone else. Um, but, look, today we'll be talking about the Carlton Football Club because we're going through all of the clubs from A to Z and they've had a few ups and downs in recent times. And then uh, we might touch on the NRL Grand Final. And uh, I know you've got a few local sporting updates for us about coaching appointments and such. So um, we'll get to that and see what else is happening in sport as well. So I suppose to start with the Carlton Football Club, uh, any thoughts? Well, it's interesting um, developments over the last uh, three or four weeks, hasn't it, um, with the uh, with the appointment um, of Michael Voss. So, uh, and I think it's something that um, even off field, I mean, they've had a lot of instability, haven't they? So uh, that's the start. Uh, they've obviously. Um, with David Teague being uh, replaced, um, Dale Amos has uh, also left. Um, I think John Barker left in June, um, and Brenton Stanton, I think, was also along with Cameron Bruce, were um, terminated at the end of this uh, this season. So they've certainly um, cleaned out the uh, cleaned out the cupboard, and uh, as we say, with Michael Voss, who I've always been a big rap for Michael Voss. I think he was thrown in. Um, you know, Brisbane went for him. They made the mistake twice. Um, he hadn't had enough experience. He's, you know, he just didn't have the the right people around him at the time. And of course, he he uh, was sacked, and then they replaced him dust with uh, Justin Lepage, and that also failed. Mm. So they went for those ex players at the time. But I think Michael Vossen, you know, in recent times, he, in an assistant coach's role, he uh, he's performed very very well. So. And I'm a real firm believer, it doesn't matter what level, I think you come back a better coach second time around. You, you obviously learn a lot. So, I'm just trying to remember, so Michael Voss, um, I don't know how long he was out of the game for before he went to Brisbane, but I think he was at another side before that. Was it like Port Adelaide or something like that? And then um, I remember at the time, the Brisbane said, yeah, we want you as the coach. Yeah, and then... Yeah. The uh, other club, I think, released him from the contractual obligations so he could go back home and then, yeah, it didn't yeah. quite live up to the hype. No, I just don't think he had enough experience uh, at the time, uh, Mitchell. So, uh, yeah, look, I think that's um, it's, it's, it's a very good appointment. Obviously, he may not have been the man they were uh, wanting at the start, but um, uh, obviously Ross Lyon then dropped out of the uh, of the race, etc. So they put uh, around him uh, Luke Power's uh, will be, I think, the development coach at uh, Carlton. Aaron Hamill uh, will be doing the back line, and um, Daniel O'Keefe is the reserves and midfield and development coach there as well. So, uh, but yeah, they had a lot of problems during the year, didn't they? And I think the defensive side of their game was one that um, was probably the downfall with uh, with David Teague. But funnily enough, previous to that, under Brendan Bolton, they were complaining that the style of game that Carlton played was too defensive and it was boring and, and you know, they were um, you know, they weren't kicking high scores up forward. So I think David T tried to uh, move that around. But you hear different stories um, that his game plan wasn't quite clear uh, and the players were not responding at the end of the day. So uh, it was time to move on. So, uh, But they've had major injury concerns over the years too, but a few disappointments. As a fan, I always want to see the more attacking brand of game as yeah. probably most people do. But um, I love to see when 
teams really take the game on, go on that aggressive attacking style, mm. and then they get rewarded for that. No, they don't always get rewarded for it, but when they do, um, that is the sort of football I think that you would pay to watch. Whereas the defensive sort of kick to kick style, which uh, teams like Geelong have been guilty of in times as well, um, is probably not what you want to see. But yeah, I think it's interesting. I heard that point about the game plan and. Maybe, I don't know, there's a bit of indecision at the top of Carlton, do you think, about what they really want? Yeah, it was confusing. It really was. So, uh, I, um, yeah, look, I think, and I think when Michael Voss was coaching, I think he had more of a, 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 an offensive side to his uh, his coaching as well. So, look, I just think that um, fresh face and, uh, and, I mean, if this fails, um, they're going to come after the, the new board, etc. So, you know, but anyway, Greg Williams... Um, has come back to the club replacing uh, Chris Judd uh, and as we know there's um, changes at the top with the presidency etc um, yeah so it will be interesting but whether they can improve enough um, things that did work Mitchell I think Harry Mackay obviously 58 goals that was a good thing there Sam Walsh I mean he averaged nearly 29 disposals for the year and um, he was in the hunt for the, the Brown at one point wasn't he yeah. yeah and I think you know down back Jacob uh, in um, at full back there, like he held that that um, position, played very well all year. A few things, I think their recruiting was a little bit strange last year. I, I, they went for a couple of players that um, like Adam Saad um, and Sack Williams. Um, whether they needed that type of player, I thought they had a, enough of those. And although they're good players, I don't really think they lived up to the, the high expectation. But um, on the trade side this year, well, Adam uh, Sarah looks like he'll be coming in, uh, which will be a, a big boost for them. Uh, but there's a few that may go to Sam Petrescu. Seaton uh, is looking for a clearance to West Coast. Um, and the list at uh, Levi Casbolt's gone. And and, uh, and the other one that's coming in um, is George Hewitt from Sydney. So they've still got picks 6, 25 and 64 in the draft. So it will be an interesting season. I... I I think we were always expecting them to just go whack this year, Carlton, but they just didn't do it, did they? They just um, they win a game, then you thought this was it. Their fitness was a problem because they kept running out of steam, didn't they? A lot. Of, so mm. they'll probably be looking at that area as well. So, um, Is there a worry that Michael Voss might be just sort of a, a caretaker coach, keeping the seat warm until someone like Alistair Clarkson becomes available? I probably would say no now because they have given him a three-year deal, Michael Voss, so I mean, unless... Well, they've sacked them in the past. No, well, yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, when you hear them say, no, the coach is safe to the end of the year, you know that they're probably going to go the following Monday. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, I, I just think that um, they put their faith in Voss now, so unless something horribly you know, went wrong this uh, this forthcoming year. Even just remembering, as soon as Malthouse became available, bam, Brett Ratton's gone. Out the door, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, he's, Michael Voss will be their 35th coach at Carlton, so uh, it's, um, yeah. Is that a lot more than other clubs? I'm not too sure. I must have a look at that. We, we will go, I think Richmond had six coaches in about seven years at one stage back in the in the 80s there. But, um, yeah, look, I, I, I would think that this is long-term and... Um, I think that um, Alistair Clarkson, he'll certainly be looking somewhere else. Yeah. Well, there was a point where Alistair Clarkson could just about name his price. Yeah. I think they were offering him, well, the rumour was that they were offering him $2 million a year at one point on a massive, big, long deal. Mm, it's, uh, it's a lot of money, isn't it? It uh, is. I think the 12 months off, I still, um, I still firmly believe that um, unless uh, uh, Gold Coast Suns improve dramatically, that I would still think 
that the AFL would be sort of saying, gee, we wouldn't mind getting Clarko up there. And though I think they'll have a little bit of a say there because for two reasons. One, it's not working at the moment, Gold Coast Suns. They've got to retain these young players. And I think if the announcement was sort of made that yeah, Alistair Clarkson will be coming next year, you know, in 2023. And obviously they won't do that until the end of 2022. Mm. Um, but I think it gives a, some of these younger players would say, gee, I wouldn't mind playing under Clarko, you know, if I really want to make it in, in AFL, he's probably the man who'll get the best out of me. And, and you know, he's, you know he, he would have success. So, And I just wonder if Clarko would like the Gold Coast lifestyle if he had a choice of where you're going to go. I mean, it's a big challenge on him to try and transform that club because they've got a lot of issues at the moment and even mm. concerns around the culture. But I suppose if you live up there on the Gold Coast, not only do you get all the nice weather year round, but then the other thing is you're not getting mobbed in the street. You can sort of be a normal person up there because no one knows who you are. Uh, yeah, no, good point. Very good point. And I think the fact now that he, you know, he took that twelve month, he's taken this twelve months off for next year, whilst his uh, eldest uh, boy does year twelve, and I think then it, the uh, the gates will open up again, and he'll be uh, he'll be out there looking for a job. Well, when you've got that much money to be made, there's almost a bit of pressure on you. If you can make $2 million a year at the prime of your career and you don't take that opportunity, you'll always be wondering, you know, what if I'd done that and really got myself and my family set up for life? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, look, and, and I would think that would be his Clarko's last uh, tilted coaching and I would imagine that would be like a five-year deal. Mm, probably, yeah. probably seeing me out then as a, as a coach. Now, in terms of Carlton and the ladder position you expect for next year, they finished 13th this year with eight wins. Uh, just wondering where you think they might end up. Oh, if they have a reasonable run with uh, very few injuries, Mitchell, I, I, would, I could see them finishing between that 8th eighth, eighth to 12th and probably 10 to 11 wins. Yeah. I guess we can always, we saw this improvement, there's improvement in, in a lot of the clubs. Then we've got to find the clubs that are going to fall away dramatically. So mm. when we weigh it up, you know, there may not be a spot in the eight for them. But, yeah. you know, they do improve. With 10 to 11 wins, you can almost make the eight. Mm. So, yeah, I, I would, I'd be very surprised if they went backwards. Very yeah. surprised. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see how Michael Voss deals with it. But yeah, the way that they handled the departure of David Teague was shocking uh, in terms of backing him in, then mm. getting rid of him, but then not having a replacement in line ready to take over. And it was just a bit of a mess there for yeah, a while. It was embarrassing. And uh, I think, yeah, yeah, I think they'll be, they'll be quite pleased and uh, they'll be giving uh, Vossi and, and his support staff everything they need to get them up that ladder. And if you're a Blues member, you'd be thinking, well, what's going on? Yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The club. Yeah, so, and they need to have that stability um, off-field. And, and look, really, they haven't played finals since, uh, when was it? It was the one where they got in by um, by default, 2013, I think. Yeah, because it was Brett, was it Brett Ratton mm. that was the coach at the time? Mm. And he got them, I think, almost through to a semi? Yeah. Yeah. Because Essendon was stripped of the win, so I think that was 2013, so they actually That's made right, it. That's right, they did too. And then default. Uh, he got them through, and I think they won a final, and because they won a final, they said Brett Ratton's fantastic, mm. and then they got rid of him. Yeah, and, if, and then when... Uh, Look, Mick Malthouse came in. He had the same record in his first year as uh, as Brett Ratton. Um, yeah, did so. Yeah, they, look, they, they don't. Um, yeah, they don't do things in halves at Carlton. I must admit that. So, um, yeah, they they just need some real stability now off field as well. But I suppose to get it all to click, you've got to build up success over a long period of time. You can't just bring in a Malthouse or Clarkson and expect suddenly no. uh, you'll be in the top four the following year. No, we, we've seen. Um, you know, over the years, we saw, I think, an, uh, a great example was probably Yabby Allen-Jeans. 
um, that Richmond got him as part of, you know, the coaches were coming in and out the door and, and even Alan Jones couldn't get Richmond um, anywhere, you know, like, and, and, and such a great coach he was. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm uh, very, very interested on uh, on a few things. And I think, look, really hurt Carlton was, was the um, the salary cap years ago when mm. uh, when they got stripped of their draft choices. And I know one leading back with the club, he went to the AFL and said, you might as well take this club over because we are doomed now for at least 10 years. And they said, no, no, it'll be right. You'll be back up in three years. No draft picks, trading players out doing this and doing that. And they have no, never recovered interesting with that one. Yeah, those sanctions, I suppose, a little bit like what Essendon copped, and they mm. never really... No. like. Maybe they're starting to recover now, and well, there's, there's hope on the horizon, but yeah, it takes a long time to bounce back. Seven years, eight years for Essendon too, yeah, so... Yeah, so that's... Uh, that's how we go with Carlton, I think. So moving along the NRL grand final, I think you said you watched a little bit of it. I still don't really follow NRL. I mean, there's only room in my life to follow a certain number of sports and politicians. Um, so with the NRL, did you see anything there that got you interested in the game? No, it was just the um, just the closeness of the of the game. I think from the start. So um, I was, um, as I said, I, I just I basically just glanced at. It. I really didn't sit down and have a um, have have a great look at it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it was um, obviously it was an entertaining game and uh, nice and close. So, um, well done to uh, to the uh, Penrith Panthers, wasn't it? Penrith Panthers? That's how much of. Yeah. So, look. Uh, yeah. Um, so, what well, was fourteen to twelve? Rabbitohs, very interesting, isn't it? Um, their coach, he's uh, he's an interesting fellow, and he was very critical too. I noticed last night with. Um, and, and talking of the Rabbitohs, I mean, they missed two late chances too, to uh, to at least even the score. But he was very critical, um, uh, the Rabbitohs coach, of uh, one of their players who was actually knocked out uh, but still allowed to play um, until half-time. And I think then they did a concussion test on him and he failed it. But he was very concerned about um, that little area that... Um, and, I mean, he's talking about his own player. So uh, that was an interesting um, thing after the game. But... Um, I think the Panthers, I mean, it's been interesting because Melbourne Storm are the best side by, look like, all year, you know. But they've been successful for such a long time. I mean, I don't know how long you can sustain that success. I don't know if the NRL has the same sort of system as the AFL, which tries and sort of lifts up the bottom teams. No, I I don't. No, I wouldn't be certain on that, but I I don't think they do somehow. So, uh, but anyway, it was, um, the crowd was... uh, Well, just looking at the crowd, I wanted to see how many people were there, and it was 39,322. So, so that's 75%. So, they would have had, so, yeah, that's right. AFL crowd's always bigger than NRL. Yeah, so, they, I mean, so there could have been another... 10,000, couldn't they, if they had the full, full but, capacity. Um, that's about on par, I think, with the grand final in Perth, the number of people I have to mm. check, but mm. um, yeah, 39,000 compared to some of the sporting events I've seen with the crowd locked down is big enough to create an atmosphere. Yeah, oh, for sure, and and, and it, it, it always does, if you really follow it or you don't follow it, if you switch on, you can just see the atmosphere right from, that, from the opening opening um, bounce, or whatever we used to call it at the, at the start of the game, so yeah, it was good. Um, a good game and, and, and a close one. So well done to the to the Panthers and bad luck to the uh, to the Rabbitohs. And of course, it feeds into the debate around the night grand final because it's always pretty much been a night grand final as long as I can remember it in the NRL. But I personally think the AFL should hold on to the the day grand final and they can have the night grand final if that's what they want. Yeah, well, I think Gil McLaughlin has has already stated that. 
uh, providing the AFL Grand Final is in Melbourne next year, that it will be a, a, an afternoon game. It will be a two thirty start. So yeah, that's well, I interesting. Hope so. Yeah, and uh, just very quickly, Mitchell, I think we probably have left out one of the best recruits Carlton may have picked up. Oh yes, in Brian Cook. Ah. Good point. We yeah. should have mentioned him. Yes, definitely. Because so. there was talk that he um, could be going along with a few other people. Like, I don't know. They, well, I think that he was there. They thought I opened up the door for Alistair Clarkson to come in, but then they thought, I don't know, some people speculated that Chris Scott could uh, jump over to Carlton as well. Go with him. No. It would appear not. No. So, uh, but I'm, I'm sure that um, for that stability off-field that uh, Brian Cook is the man to uh, straighten things up there. And I think he's doing it sort of more as a, a mentoring type thing mm. because, yeah. you know, he's probably looking at retiring, retiring, you would think. I think they're sort of looking at the three years that he'll be there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yep. So and mentor the next person, person. get a bit of stability. Mm. And uh, that's what you've had at Geelong. If anything, the uh, the Geelong thing, it's been sort of boring, the off-field stuff, because they've just run it so well, there haven't really been many issues. No, no, that, that's true, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so there'll be, uh, it will be uh, very interesting, and uh, it'll be interesting before we get, when we get down to Geelong in the uh, in our uh, reviews and previews at uh as to what may happen in the next two, three weeks with um, assistant coaches, etc., and a few trades that may be done. Yes, so. there'll be a lot to talk about. But I believe next week we'll be putting on the uh, the black and the white, mm. Collingwood. Collingwood. Um, so that'll be an interesting conversation. And particularly with what's been going on there, their off-field politics have been incredible to watch. So uh, we'll dig into that next week. Mm. Look, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back and talk about a few of your local coaching appointments. I still haven't been able to get a hold of Bucket, but if he appears in the next few minutes, we'd <laughs> love to get his thoughts about uh, Carlton. And I'm sure he would have been watching the NRL Grand Final because I know he sets up the... Uh, TV and he's got every sporting event known to man and he's watching it all weekend. <laughs> he is indeed. So stand by, we'll be back in just a moment. This is Mitchell Dye with Mitchell's Front Page on 94.7 The Pulse. Now, Pete uh, just reminded me that we didn't speak to Wes and I got so caught up in the news of New South Wales and John Barillaro resigning that it uh, slipped my mind. So, uh, Wes, sorry about that. Better late than never, but really looking forward to your program, 45 RPM, coming up in just seven minutes' time. How are you? I'm good, and I saw how you, how busy you were, at the, <laughs> and I thought, no, he's not going to cross. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I got... That happens sometimes, you know. Like, I didn't forget, it just slipped my mind. No, what happens is you get into these uh, uh, styles of, and you just got to do what's right in front of you and you're trying to get hold of Bucket as well. That's right. And uh, like... We don't have teams here no. of uh, producers who run around, like, say, with the commercial radio station. If we were at another radio station, there'd be probably five people sitting in that next room there running the show. But no, here at The Pulse, it's just us. And uh, we try and do what we can with only one or two people. Well, it's the same with us, you know. But we are a team on 45 RPM and we uh, contribute different parts of uh, the program, whether it's What Have You Done For Me Lately with Leo Demetrio Newman with his history a pop each week, uh, the Aussie Legends with Linda, and uh, Lost 45s, of course, with Martin. Now, I've got to tell you uh, that in the next couple of weeks, we've decided that we're going to do a couple of special Aussie shows. I saw this on your social media. And, uh, so, uh, we're just asking, give us a call, 
or uh, message us on Facebook or reply to our post at 45 RPM radio. And uh, we just want to know what do you want to hear in Aussie music. And uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll play it. But uh, please don't ask for Eagle Rock. I think <laughs> we're a bit over... Eagle Rock quota. <laughs> yes. I think we've had our quota of that for the year. Pete, what's your favourite song that you'd like to hear Wes play of Australian ilk? Ooh, caught me off guard. And it has to be from the 60s, 70s and 80s. Yes, of course. Uh, no, I'll have to answer. It, well, it could be some cold chisel, you know. Yeah. And I, I know you like cold chisel. Yeah, and, uh, uh, I know you like some Beatles, but I can't think of any Australian connection with the Beatles. No, true. <laughs> I like um, Ganga Jang, Sounds of Then. I mean, I know it's probably a song that's played to death, maybe a bit like Actually, Eagle Rock, yeah. but it's a great, um, a great song. But Love here's it. the crazy thing about that song. It, w- it wasn't uh, a hit. That's me. That's telling me, uh, get back into the that's studio. That's a you've got to buy for everyone. Yes. So it's kind of like, uh, that wasn't a hit back in yeah. the day. It got some airplay, but it's uh, this is, that's the song that has really just taken over uh, as being what's called an environmental hit. As soon as I saw it on your Facebook page, I thought, that's the song you've got to make sure you include in your Australian special is that song. Okay, you're on. Any Daddy Cool requests? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are we going to play? Daddy Cool? <laughs> <laughs> There's other daddy cool songs. Yeah, just have come to be back rock. again. Hi, yeah. honey, ho. I, I think my favourites are Flip and um, Lollipop. Well, it sounds like you've got a. You, so not Australian today. That'll be next week. Well, that's, or the week that's after. That's great. No, no, next week and the week after. So all right. You know, give us a buzz. So one eight hundred. Yep. One eight hundred zero forty five RPM. Thank you very much, Wes. I'll let you get set up. You'll be on in four minutes' time. Thank you for that. And sorry that it was late, but better late than never. Hey, I better rush. I've got some 45s to find. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Um, you've got to think about your favourite Australian songs and uh, ring them into Wes, Pete. Mm, yes. Now, uh, there's been a bit of local news in terms of the uh, the sporting um, landscape off-field. They're getting their ducks in a row to really shine next year. Uh, there is. Um, we see that... Um well-known um, former Geelong player and has coached at a number of clubs in Paul Lynch has been appointed as uh, the coach of Thompson for uh, for the next uh, two years and uh, it's a very interesting appointment because Paul's had success at Colac and different uh, clubs so uh, he'll uh, he'll be a, a big acquisition at Thompson who uh, just dropped off a little bit um, uh, this year so uh, and he's uh, already he'll be on to a number of uh, players that he would be uh, has coached uh, in the past so that's an interesting one there um, Bell Post still have got Matt Jones back from Bannockburn to, uh, to back to the club, so that's that's a uh, a good pickup for uh, for the for the Hill. Anglesey co-coach uh, Jordan Kerris uh, is just newly appointed. He was runner up in the Matheson Matheson Medal in the GFL this year, so that's a huge grab for uh, for Anglesey. And uh, they've also got Dylan uh, Pettingill from uh, St Albans, so Anglesey already uh, recruiting very well. Uh, Daniel Kerr has finally decided to have a crack at the GFL. He's left Anglesey to go to Grodale. Um, the other one was at, uh, at, at North Geelong, where one of the GDFL, I think the last GDFL club that hasn't uh, hadn't appointed a coach, Mark Hounslow, um, has been given a two-year deal at uh, at North. Uh, he was uh, Geelong West GDFL coach in 2015. He's had assistant roles at Geelong West in the GFL, Newtown and Chilwell, Western Jets and uh, a little bit of Coburg. And he's bringing with him Andy Viola. Uh, and Andy was a former coach at uh, Geelong West in the uh, GFL, highly regarded man, Andy Viola. And along with him, Jared Bryant has also come on board. And they've picked up Daniel Smith. He's come back to North Geelong, I think, from... Uh, 
formerly at uh, Astley and Wyndham Vale. So, but an interesting appointment, North Geelong, Mark Hounslow and Andy Viola, good friends, smart football people. So uh, North will be very happy with that one. So that's basically, oh, and St Albans, uh, as we said, Pettingill is, is gone. They've lost Billy Baird still for, to Drysdale and Andy Higgins to South Barwon. So big losses for St Albans. But um, former uh, player there, Hayden Elliott, has come back from uh, from over in South Australia where he played five or six games with West Adelaide uh, in the last couple of seasons. So some little bit of news there. And unfortunately also for uh, St Albans, Will Wallace and his brother Patrick have, uh, have packed up and uh, and gone as well, so a little bit happening there. Fantastic. Um, when do they actually start their preseason in the local leagues? Uh, some of the clubs will be starting to look at the next two or three weeks, I would think, or probably at the end of October. Yep. Trying to get in four or five weeks um, of running and um, and a little bit of use of the uh, the, uh, the footballs, and then normally then you go to that Christmas break, and they'll still be trying to recruit in the next uh, five or six weeks, and then uh, come back after Christmas, and then uh, right into it. But of course, still with some restrictions with COVID. But uh, I think look, most clubs have retained. I know there's a few little changes here, but a lot of most clubs have retained a bulk of their players. So, uh, which uh, Inverley being the great example we mentioned a couple of weeks ago after not losing a game this year, you would have thought maybe one or two players might have tried their hand at a, a going to the GFL higher level, but uh, they've, they've stayed. Um, so they've re-signed the whole, the whole list, Inverley. Have the final word. Uh, final word, look, we just hope that we can get some sport on. I had a little practice of, uh, we had a practice match in Lawn Bowls Saturday. It was just great to get out. So let's hope we can get the cricket and the Lawn Bowls and everything back as sooner than later. Thank you very much. Talk to you tomorrow from nine. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from nine to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or wherever you get your podcasts.